shame. Your failures are not final. Written by Bishop C.M. Wright. Unresolved shame is the most debilitating spiritual condition with which we contend today. It is the root cause of almost all Christian inconsistency, and it is the primary reason many do not pray. It is the foundational reason for almost all backsliding. Let's examine shame and its effect upon the lives of God's people within these next few weeks. This is what we'll be going over, and I hope that you enjoy it. If you need the notes for this lesson series, they are on our link tree, which is on our Instagram and in the description of this podcast. We hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody. If I sound rough, it's because I am. <laughs> Welcome back to this week's episode of Breaking Down Soft Taboo. <clears throat> I, I live in East Texas where the pine trees and all this stuff create loads and loads and loads of pollen. And I woke up this morning barely being able to talk. <laughs> and I love pollen. So if I sound a little rough, it's because I am rough. Okay. <laughs> so uh, this week. On our shame series, we're first going to talk out about recognizing shame. In order to help those with shame, we must be able to recognize the symptoms of shame. Almost no one has all of the symptoms of shame, but depending on what has caused the shame, some will have more of one symptom than, uh, than the others. Some people have become very good at burying their shame and its symptoms. However, in a time of crisis and or failure, these symptoms will surface and become the pre- uh, predominant characteristics of a person's attitude and actions. Thus, when I need my faith in God and the confidence that he loves me the most, my shame attacks and defeats these two things that I need to both survive and have peace during my crisis. As a result, shame begins to tell me that the crisis is God's punishment for thing, the wrong things that I have done. The end result of all of this is just more shame. So many of the symptoms of shame are inability and or unwillingness to forgive others. If I am to love others as I love myself, then the inability or unwillingness to forgive others, their faults, mistakes, actions, etc. is a demonstration that the person will sh- with shame is not willing to be able to forgive themselves for the shame. I'm assuming Laodicean spirituality. I'm not sure if I said that right. Uh, this condition is characterized by the five debilitating spiritual symptoms whose existence are denied by the victim of shame. In Revelations 3.17, Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods, and I have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wrecked, Uh, wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked so I I would go over every single word but we have a lot to get through today so I I don't really have time for that because there's so much if you want the pdf form it is in our uh, link tree okay so let's see so let me make sure I'm doing this right real quick because I don't want to throw everybody off. Okay. Yes, we're good. So. Oops, I skipped something. 
Okay, we're in the right spot. Nakedness. Let's consider in depth the symptom of nakedness by itself. Nothing more closely illustrates the emotional feeling of shame than the, than the thoughts, emotions, etc. of being naked in public. Throughout the Bible, nakedness and shame are constantly uh, and directly connected. In Genesis 3, 8 through 11, it says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Revelations 3.18, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and the shame of thy nakedness did not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyes slave, that thou mayest see. These are not comfortable, and they are certainly, they certainly are ineffective, um, but they are all that we've got. So, it is through the idea of nakedness that the Lord communicates to us the condition of exposure and defenselessness that a person with shame feels. Therefore, we hide from God, people, and ourselves. Shame causes us to feel naked or vulnerable. Therefore, we create fig leaf type defense mechanisms behind which we hide. Confusion. Confusion, uh, mental, emotional, or spiritual disorientation. In Jeremiah 3.25, we lie down in our shame and our confusion covereth us. We have sinned against the Lord our God and we are fathers from our youth even unto this day and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God. Isaiah 54 and 4, Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded. For thou shalt not put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth and shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood anymore. The definitions of confusion are... uh, the act of confusing or the state of being confused, disorder, jumble, bewilderment, perplexity, lack of clarity, indistinctness, embarrassment, abashment. I probably said that wrong. Uh, There's tons of different definitions for confusion. You can look that in the PDF. Those who live with shame experience a constant decrease in their ability to resist sin. Eventually, they are overcome by things they could not have imagined doing. Satan must keep us sinking lower and lower into sin if he expects to keep us a prisoner of shame. Uh, confusion causes us to feel totally empty, which provides or produces hopelessness. And shame is and its offspring, inferiority, produce envy. So, hypocrisy. Shame causes a person who feels inferior or fears rejection to pretend to be someone or something he is not in order to attempt to avoid rejection. 2 Corinthians 4, 2 says, But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's consequence in the sight of God. Dishonesty, shame, or or disgrace. This is a part of um, hypocrisy. Shame causes a person to be secretive for fear of being discovered, to be a person of worthy 
worthy of rejection. Judgmentalism, the person with shame frequently has a very critical judgment view of others. This is caused by the fact that they have the same attitude towards themselves and wardly. No matter how well they hide from the view of others, the victim of shame sees themselves in a very negative light most of the time. Negative self-talk, the things that we say inwardly to ourselves about ourselves, especially when we have disappointed ourselves or failed again, are very indicative of our feelings about ourselves. The great majority of people with shame would never allow anyone to speak of them with the words, manner, anger, and attitude that those with shame regularly speak to themselves. This is not harmless or normal from either a spiritual or natural perspective. I cannot love me when I am cursing myself. Living in or constantly reliving the past. This is the inability to look to or forward to the future because of the inability to let go of the past. This is usually accompanied by pain, sorrow, and and or anger over the past. In addition, this preoccupation with the past significantly affects our perceptions of ourselves in the present and our ability to see ourselves doing anything of value in the future. This is paralysis by the past. It is impossible to have hope for the future if we are constantly grieving over the past. The need to be in control. Those with shame, especially those who have had their person violated, almost always have fear of life and circumstances being out of control. They feel vulnerable, exposed, when they are not in control, so therefore they attempt to exercise control over everyone and everything around them. This is not a product of personality, it is a product of shame. Obsession with perfection. This perfectionism is similar in some ways to um, the need uh, to be in control, but it also carries with it a desire to do things right to prove oneself and others that they are not messed up inside. The lifestyle of shame. Shame has a distinctive lifestyle which is characterized by some specific attitudes which which are especially damaging to ourselves and to our internal per- relationships. Actually, shame promotes a roller coaster type lifestyle of extremes in which we alternate between the extremes of depending on whether we are or whether or not we are up or down. These extremes seem to be con- contradictory because they are the opposite in their character. But actually they are identical in their nature and are produced by the same source. They are simply two sides of the same coin. We manifest a particular extreme depending on whether we are up or down. Let's look at these two sides of the, of the shame coin in the following areas. Superiority. We attempt to be better than everyone else in order to try to convince ourselves we are at least as good as they are. Superiority is the smokescreen behind which we operate inferiority we feel beneath everyone and there is no motivation to attempt to improve ourselves because all such attempts would only result in failure we allow no one to uh, the opportunity to reject us because we have already rejected ourselves to such an, a degree that there is no capacity within us to experience further rejection control we must be in control of all interactions feelings and personal behavior at all times Control is our foremost defense strategy strategy for shame. On the other side, we have passivity. We let everyone walk on us. We stand up for nothing. We fear to voice an opinion or disagree, doing something that would attack or attract attention to oneself. It is ter- or terrorizing thoughts. 
Then we have perfectionism. We must always be right in everything we do. This involves a measurement that is always being imposed upon self and others. The fear and the avoidance of the negative is the organizing principle of life. Everyone must live up to these externalized image. Of course, no one ever measures up. And the other side of that coin is defeatism. We are convinced that we can never do anything right, so why try? Blame is another defensive cover-up for shame. When things don't turn out as desired, someone else must always be at fault. And then we have self-blame on the other side of the coin. Regardless what it is, or what it is that has gone wrong, it must be our fault somehow. Then we have denial of the five freedoms. Full functionality as a person is dependent upon the power to perceive, to think and interpret, to feel, to want and choose, and to imagine. A shame-based lifestyle refuses to allow these freedoms to operate in others freely, preferring, or fearing that they might come to the conclusion different than ours, which we would consider as rejection. And then we deny ourselves the use of the five freedoms. We refuse to think, or objectively consider the facts lest we come to the conclusion different than everyone else's. This would produce an inner conflict over having to stand for what we believe and possibly be rejected or to deny our own conclusion and further erode what remaining self-respect that we may have. There's the no talk rule. Shame prevents a person from expressing their true feelings including their problems, needs, wants, etc. All true feelings must be kept secret in order to prevent rejection. Then on the other side of the coin, we have compulsion to indiscriminately tell all. We feel that we must tell everything we know or think about ourselves in order to be honest with people when all we are really attempting to do is to produce the rejection that we have predetermined is going to happen. Then we have the fear of mistakes. Mistakes reveal the flawed, vulnerable self. To acknowledge a mistaken is to open ourselves to scrutiny Therefore, we must cover up and own mistakes. If some, someone else makes a mistake, it is imperative that we shame them. And then on the other side of the coin, we are addicted to making mistakes. Then we have distrust and suspicion. Shame says that one must never accept re, uh, reliability in relationships. Never trust anyone and you will never be disappointed. The result is that we attempt to go through life trusting no one but ourselves. And on the other side of that coin, we have distrust of, distrust of the self. Distrust of the self can become one of the most negative emotional conditions in which a person tries to live. It is impossible that the result of the attitude can cause a total paralysis of life. We become so afraid of failing that we cannot bring ourselves to try anything, especially anything That is the end of this week's lessons. I hope you enjoyed that. I know I saw a lot of things in there that I'm like, ooh, I do that. I do that. I do that. So we will see you in the next episode. This is Bailey Romans, and let's start talking. <laughs>